This is Barry Zalma speaking for Claim School Incorporated's blog, Zalma on Insurance. Today we're going to speak about why and how an ERISA policy could be rescinded because of an insured's misrepresentations about his prior health care. An ERISA policy, just like any other insurance policy, may be rescinded if there is a factual basis supporting the rescission. In Provident Life and Accident Insurance Company versus Bradley D. McKinney, a September 9, 2022 decision of the United States District Court for the District of Connecticut, the court was called upon to determine if an insurer could rescind an ERISA policy. Bradley McKinney had applied for and obtained a disability insurance policy with Provident Life and Accident Insurance Company. McKinney subsequently filed a claim for disability benefits under the policy, but Provident Life rejected his claim on the ground that McKinney made material misrepresentations in his application for the policy. Provident Life sued seeking confirmation of his rescission of the insurance policy, and McKinney counterclaimed seeking an order directing Provident Life to pay him all benefits due under the policy. McKinney's employer, Anderson Tax LLC, maintained a supplemental individual disability insurance plan. McKinney applied for supplemental insurance through the plan. In completing the application, McKinney answered various questions about his medical history and agreed that his answers were true and complete and correctly recorded to the best of his knowledge and belief. In September of that year, Provident Life issued him an insurance policy providing all three available disability coverages. The policy provided that omissions and misstatements in the application could cause an otherwise valid claim to be denied or the policy to be rescinded, close quote. McKinney filed a claim for basic disability benefits related to a neurocognitive disorder. His claim form stated that he first began experiencing systems, symptoms of confusion, severe fatigue, loss of memory, challenges with thinking, analyzing, and lack of concentration. Provident Life's claim specialist investigated McKinney's claim, obtained certain medical records, and consulted with the underwriters. Thereafter, Provident Life denied McKinney's claim and notified him that it was rescinding its policy on the ground that McKinney had materially misrepresented his medical history when applying for insurance. In answering questions 6 and 8 of the application, McKinney represented that he had not received a diagnosis or treatment from a physician for memory loss, confusion, or speech disruption in the five years preceding his application. Second, in answering question 3A, he represented that he had not missed one or more days of work or been admitted to a medical facility due to sickness or injury in the 180 days preceding his application. 
Upon reviewing McKinney's medical records, Provident Life concluded that his answers to those questions were untruthful and that its denial of his claim and rescission of his policy were proper. Now, ERISA is a special federal type of insurance policies. The parties do not dispute that a planned fiduciary of a, an ERISA plan may obtain equitable rescission of an ERISA-governed insurance policy that is procured through the material misstatements or omissions of the insured. Therefore, an ERISA plan's fiduciary's right to obtain equitable rescission is well grounded in federal common law, just as any other insurance policy would be capable of being rescinded if the insured misrepresented material facts or circumstances concerning the insurance. Rescission due to material misrepresentations is appropriate and that common law has developed pursuant to the ERISA statutes where an insurer can rescind the policy where the insured knowingly made a material misrepresentation in an application for an ERISA-governed insurance policy. Under other types of insurance policies and other state laws, some insurance policies can be rescinded even for an innocent material misrepresentation. But ERISA, on the other hand, requires that the insured knowingly make a misrepresentation. The court, in reviewing the law and the facts, stated that Provident Life initially rejected the claim and explained that McKinney untruthfully answered questions 6 and H, which were concerned about prior treatment for memory loss, confusion, or speech disruption in a relevant time frame. In denying McKinney's appeal of the original denial, Provident Life explained that McKinney also untruthfully answered question 3A, which concerned time off work due to admission to sickness or injury in the relevant time frame. The court concluded that there was no genu genuine dispute of fact that McKinney made material misrepresentations in responding to questions 6 and 8 of his application for supplemental insurance coverage. There was no dispute that McKinney's answers to those questions were untrue. He was certainly treated for confusion and speech disruption within five years of his application for supplemental insurance co coverage rendering his contrary responses to questions 6 and 8 untrue. The court concluded that McKinney's claims of ignorance of the fact that he had been treated for confusion and speech disruption during his earlier hospitalization was not innocent. A misrepresentation to the court is innocent only when the applicant does not know that the information he is providing is false and was such ignorance was reasonable. The court concluded that McKinney's ignorance about the facts of his 2016 hospitalization was not reasonable. Multiple people, including McKinney's partner, 
reported that McKinney experienced confusion and speech disruption during that hospitalization. Indeed, when questioned in the course of his claim for benefits, he acknowledged he was first diagnosed with these problems in February of 2016. The idea that he did not know about them when he applied for insurance policy in 2017 therefore strained credulity. In addition, McKinney had medical records from which he could have determined that his answers to questions 6 and 8 were false, and he had an obligation to use reasonable diligence to ensure that he answered those questions correctly. The court also concluded that there was no genuine dispute that McKinney's untrue answers to questions 6 and 8 were material to Provident Life's insurance issuance of the policy. With respect to a life and health insurance policy, a misrepresentation regarding the applicant's prior medical history is generally material to the risk as a matter of law, and when knowingly made, will defeat recovery by the insured. Importantly, in signing the application for insurance coverage, McKinney agreed that he understood his answers to the questions would become part of his application and any policies issued on it. The application form, including questions 6 and 8, were clearly intended to limit coverage, so the applicant's particular inquiry into the applicant's prior treatment for memory loss, confusion, or speech disruption rendered those questions presumptively material. Given the strong weight of authority establishing the materiality of an applicant's prior medical history, subject to specific inquiry, as well as the fact that McKinney's answers were incorporated into the policy issue, the court concluded that his knowing misrepresentation to questions 6 and 8 were material. Thus, Provident Life was entitled to rescission of the insurance policy as a matter of law. Finally, ample authority established the materiality of McKinney's misrepresentations as to question 3A. As with question 6 and 8, McKinney's response to question 3A became part of the policy and therefore presumptively material. In addition, McKinney's misrepresentation is logically material to a reasonable insurance company's decision whether to insure the applicant or determine the amount of premium. In addition, Provident Life's underwriter unambiguously represented that had he known that McKinney took one PTO day to attend a lumbar puncture appointment regarding his neurosyphilis condition, he would not have issued even the basic disability benefits policy to McKinney. A court is entitled to rely on an insurer's underwriter's representation regarding the materiality of a misrepresentation, and to the extent the underwriting guidelines and the underwriter's representation appear to differ as to the result of that investigation, the court need not resolve that issue. Rescission of the current policy was justified as a matter of law. In my opinion, since medieval times, when courts of equity were ruled upon by priests who were charged with providing equity, that is, fairness, with regard to disputes rather than money damages, 
rescission of a contract entered into as a result of material misrepresentations, concealment of material facts or fraud, would require the court of, of equity to declare the policy void from its inception, would have the premium returned to the insured and the policy returned to the insurer. The court would then treat the policy as if it never existed. The United States District Court, acting as a court of equity, did what was only available to it. It declared the policy rescinded because of material and intentional misrepresentations by the insured. This video was adapted from my blog, Salma on Insurance, which is available free to anyone who clicks on the link zelma.com slash blog. And you can, to avoid missing any new blog postings, subscribe to the blog or subscribe to the videos at rumble.com or youtube.com, where you can also subscribe. You can also Consider my Locals community and my Substack publications for additional information in the insurance field. If you found this video to be of interest to you and available to anyone, you should advise your colleagues and friends that they could also view the video, read the blog post, and subscribe. Thank you for your attention.